Welcome to the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast with your host, Jim Robinson. Hello, and welcome back to the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Robinson, and in today's episode, you're going to be listening in on a discussion between myself and Les Vogler with Nebraska Bull Service. And so enjoy the episode. Hi, I'm Jim Robinson, Chief Technology Officer of Rob Seco, and today we also have... I am Les Vogler, uh, part owner of Vogler Seaman Center, Nebraska Bull Service, and Vogler Cattle. Excellent. Today we're going to be talking a little bit back and forth on kind of our shared experiences yeah. as family-owned seed companies. Not seed companies, family-owned well, companies. Actually, if you kind of look at yeah, we are kind of seed companies, right? You know, <laughs> uh, it, it, it is, it, yeah, and we're both... Uh, in in family businesses and uh, in agriculture and help basically we're helping feed the world. Absolutely, is, is what we're doing. So, absolutely. You know, okay. I'll just go ahead and start, Jim. What mm-hmm. what uh, mean? Explain a little bit about your company, Rob Seco. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. So, Rob Seco, we are a family owned seed company uh, serving customers with corn, soybean, alfalfa, sorghum seed, uh, ranging from basically. Uh, a bit west of the Rocky Mountains out to New York State and from uh, just into Canada down to the Mexican border, uh, selling yeah, corn and soybeans, alfalfa. We have a specialty uh, forage products uh, awesome. for dairies, silage, etc. Mm-hmm. How about you? Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about? Well, yeah, we're, uh, we say seed business. What we do, we custom collect uh, or we harvest bull semen, I guess, is, mm-hmm. is the easiest or the best way to say it. Uh, People from all over the United States and uh, Canada and, and Mexico bring bull star facilities either in Ashland or, or McCook, and we uh, harvest the semen from the bulls and, and preserve it uh, cryogenically, uh, and then it's shipped throughout the world for artificial insemination. Excellent. So, to make it simple, I guess. Yeah. So. Now, when you say cryogenically, that's in liquid, liquid nitrogen. nitrogen. Yep. All mm-hmm. of our all of our the bull semen is stored in liquid nitrogen. And uh, we started back in 1983, Jim, and some of that uh, semen that was collected in 1983, we still have in our storage tanks, and it's wow. still viable today as long as it's uh, stored properly. Wow, that's so. outstanding. That's a, uh, that's a lot to maintain with those liquid nitrogen tanks. Well, it, it is, and it was, you know, in this year uh, with the whole, I'm sure you've dealt with it in your seed business too, the supply chain things we got uh, – I can't even, is the legal term for that letter when they say they may not have to... Force majeure. There you go. Mm-hmm. That one, yeah, from our nitrogen supplier. Ooh. And it's like, oh, this can't happen. So, you <laughs> know, but it, they worked with us and it was it was good. But that's, you know, yeah, without liquid nitrogen, we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. Could be business so, ending for sure. Yeah. So, Les, can you tell me a little bit about how your business started and, and uh, what got you absolutely. going? Absolutely. It was, uh, like I say, we started in 1983, so we're just... We're going to be going into our 40th year as a family business. And how we got started, it was out of necessity, I think. My dad uh, was a farmer and my mom was a nurse. And my mom is still still alive. Dad passed away four and a half years ago now. Uh, an opportunity was presented to us to, to buy a business. And actually, that business's name was Nebraska Bull Service. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, We made an offer to buy it. Uh, the guy turned us you know, decided not to sell it, I guess, once we made the offer. Mm-hmm. So my dad and another partner, Dutch Rickley, were just stubborn enough, had the farmer mentality. They said, well, we're just going to start on our own. And so they called me. I was at a cattle show. And I said, I know nothing about it, but, we, you know, we need to do something. 1983 in the 80s, you know, the farm economy crisis and mm-hmm. stuff. Interest rates were, you know, 18 
20 percent so we needed to diversify we thought so dad said we're just going to do it you know you're going to go learn how i said okay whatever so Mm -hmm. and we started you know Mm -hmm. to make a long story short uh we started and we've been doing it uh, ever since 1983 and it's been strictly a family business jim uh we started like i say it was it was dad mom myself my brother was still in high school at the time uh or maybe just starting college and then dutch and uh it pretty much you know uh stayed that way until the last uh five years when it, it all you know now we went from like five and five employees that were just family now we're up to about uh, 25 so we had had to go outside uh but that's you know i'm sorry i kind of jump around here but like i said we we were offered we tried to buy nebraska bowl service in 1983 mm-hmm. well about four years ago nebraska bowl service came up for sale again in in uh, mccook and I got a phone call from my brother say, hey, would you want? Would you like to buy a Nebraska Bowl service and expand? And we were super, super busy then. And like, like, like no, no way. <laughs> and I talked to mom and dad at the time. And they said, no, no way. Uh, slept on it that night. And the next morning, um, I went up to mom and dad's, went down and they had breakfast. Hey, we maybe need to rethink this. Let's go mm-hmm. take a look at it. Uh, and then I called Lauren. He was in Colorado on vacation. He said, yeah, okay. So he got back the next day. We drove out there, and on the visit out there, we made an offer to buy it. And uh, that was in August of 2018, and we collected the first bull out there in October of 2018. Then. Wow. So, so it went full circle. Yeah. We went, you know, and then, and then kind of a story that I think is pretty cool. We, we, we started collecting the first bull October of 2018, you know, bought the business that uh, Dad wanted to buy in 83, but we didn't close on that business till February 8th of 2019. Mm-hmm. It was cold and dreary, and Dad was kind of getting back problems. So we went to the to uh, we closed on it, signed all the papers. Dad goes, boy, that is the best penmanship I've had in a long time. He wanted to go out to with supper with the accountant that night, but he was busy. And so he just went to bed about 8 o'clock. Uh, he passed away at 10 after 8 that same day. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. That's <laughs> but it's like yeah. okay, he went. He 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 knew he got the business that he wanted to buy back in '83, mm-hmm. closed on it, and he he was around not long enough to see it was gonna. He had a pretty good idea it was gonna be all right. Okay, yeah. went to bed that night. Mom said he raised his hand, you know, up and just his hand dropped and he died. Wow, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so yeah, you know, <laughs> and uh, you know, and mom is 84 now and she's still. Just yesterday, she were, she comes up to the lab in the office and does things. Uh, my daughter is uh, the office, the lab manager, basically the mm-hmm. boss. <laughs> so, uh, and but she's on maternity leave right now. So, mom is doing some stuff uh, in the lab, you know, with the semen pack and semen. Doing, she is up there every day, you know. It's a, uh, and you probably have the same thing. Being in a family business mm-hmm. is the most rewarding, but it's also the toughest. Yes. <laughs> yes, you know constant worries. You know yeah. the, you got to think about everything. There's right. a lot to do. Right. So that's. I mean. So how about how about how about with Rob Seco? How about with yeah. your guys' story? Yeah. So I mean, our our history goes back actually to 1888 when my oh, wow. uh, great great grandfather started a seed business, uh-huh. uh, J.C. Robinson Seed Company yeah. in Waterloo, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Uh, ended up taking on the brand name in the 1930s to sell hybrid seed corn because yeah. before that it was uh, open pollinated yeah. corn, cucurbits, all sorts of vegetable seeds uh, and flowers actually. Mm. And uh, so we uh, 
sold under the Rob Seco brand name, and then eventually the Funks G. Uh, okay. We became a distributor for Funks G, and then uh, separated from that in the early 1970s to start Golden Harvest, along with the set of uh, six other seed companies out in the east, predominantly Illinois, okay. which quickly became five other companies, mm-hmm. and then uh, eventually sold in 2004 to Syngenta. Yeah. Well, 2013 came around, and uh, an opportunity came up for my dad to get back into the seed okay. business. Uh, and so in late 2013, Rob Seco was formed again. Okay. And uh, so ever since then, we've uh, you know ex- started expanding from zero employees, and today we have approximately 65 employees Uh, through a combination of organic growth and uh, just like with yourself through a couple of acquisitions as well that we've uh, completed over the last uh, 16 months or so. So started out with North Star Genetics up in uh, Minnesota and the Dakotas, Uh, then uh, Master's Choice and a membership interest in Big Cop Hybrids, uh, and most recently the Grain and Forage Division of Rupp Seeds out of Ohio. So. Um, it's been a, a fun tear and yeah. moving along, and it's been a great time. Yeah, awesome. You know, there really, I mean, that story, there really is, I mean, you said seed companies. I mean, but we do kind of parallel each other a little mm-hmm. bit going back with that, like you, like you, your dad had the opportunity to buy back in. So that's really, wow, that's really, that's pretty cool, really. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And yeah. it's, you know, it's a small industry, too. I mean, it's, you, yeah. you get to know everybody. It's, uh, <sighs> there are no yeah. secrets in the seed industry, and you make right. a lot of friends. Yeah. That's, when it's the same way in, same way in our business, you know. Uh, yeah, for companies like us that, you know, there's, that are custom, you know, fam, you know, family owned. I don't know if there's another one. There's, there's one in Iowa, but other than that, I don't, I don't think there is, really. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's other big corporations and stuff, but uh, family-owned business, yeah, it's really. I mean, it's fun. Mm-hmm. So yes, it is. But like you said earlier, it's it's a lot of work and yeah. it's a lot to do and a lot to worry about. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I mean, so we're we're in here recording a podcast. Mm-hmm. So what? Obviously, times are changing for advertising. Is this? I mean, is this what you guys? How do you guys advertise? Is this one of your main things? Or absolutely, yeah. So we. The podcast we utilize as a way to help deliver additional value to our customers. You know, we we try to touch on timely agronomy topics, uh, insights into the business, whether that's uh, seed conditioning and packaging or uh, what it's like for certain dealers and Mm -hmm. how they they approach the business. Uh, Things of that sort to educate on traits and germplasm. I listened to a really good one about the seed, the planter adjustment from Mm -hmm. that guy. It was like... I had no idea. I thought you just, you know, go out there and just <laughs> but make sure that corn. My grandpa said, you know, four fingers, four fingers deep, get it down to moisture and stuff. <laughs> Times have changed. Yes, they have. <laughs> There's a lot to do, and uh, it, it's oh, so technical it's, now in yeah. every aspect. Yeah, we farm a li- I mean, but we have somebody come in now with the planters and stuff. Well, we're too busy with the, with the bull semen and cattle and stuff to do it ourselves and just, you know, it can't keep up with the technology, but mm-hmm. it's amazing. Oh, for sure. Now, how do you guys advertise, and how do you, uh, uh, you find know, customers? It's how do we find customers? Right now, it's word of mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, in the podcast is basically, a, you know, we don't do any hard copy, any magazines or, or any of that anymore. You mm-hmm. know, we used to when we started. That's all basically all there was, and just our phone calls. Yes, you know, but now it's and now it's word of mouth in the podcast. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, yeah, and we've like uh, the business it just. It's changing with the time. I love the podcast because you can get there, you can talk to people, you can keep them up to date, or you can have guests come in and they hear 
they hear from you, the owner. Absolutely. You know, so, and and you get a lot of feedback. Yeah. At least we get oh, a lot yeah. of feedback yeah. from the podcast. Right. And hey, maybe you should consider this or yep. or talk to this person. That'd be really interesting. And uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then 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 the cool thing about the this the where we're sitting here today, mm-hmm. how this started for at least for me, the podcast was I went to school with one of the founders of Parkville Media. Okay. Which yeah. then Parkville, you know, got bought out by Herdat and we're sitting in Herdat studio today. Mm-hmm. So yep. it's mm-hmm. like they went from there. So it's 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 pretty cool. So oh, it's a very small world. Yeah. <laughs> so I, a question I have like with your with uh, the technology in the seed does that I mean when you guys started what what was corn yielding? Back in the eighties, back in the 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 nineteen eighties. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the average corn yields across the U.S. were probably in the one hundred and twenties and one hundred and thirties for average corn yields. Yeah. We're up to the mid hundred low to mid one hundred and seventies for national corn yields. For national today. yield, yeah, yes. Yeah. And uh, you know, back in the nineteen thirties, you know, you were you were lucky if you were getting eighty to ninety that's, bushels. That's an what acre. I wonder. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's been really fun to watch those trends. You know, technology and well, that's the thing. Technology with what you're doing, what you guys are doing with your seed. I mean, because acres are getting smaller, mm-hmm. so but the population is growing, and people need to. I mean, you're, like you're feeding the world, right? Yep. So you got to produce, mm-hmm. and so it's with the technology that you get, and it's and that's the same with, with our industry and the bulls. And Absolutely, so. yeah. So I mean, what, what kind of efficiency gains have, uh, you oh. know, have bulls seen? Uh, have cattle it's, in general well, seen over it's time? A, it's unbelievable because people are using their more of them are using artificial insemination, using mm-hmm. semen from the genetically superior bulls, mm-hmm. like your genetically superior seed. And they're getting uh, better quality carcasses. The food tastes better. You know, the meat mm-hmm. tastes better. And we're producing more with fewer beef, fewer cows. Mm-hmm. And uh, the meat production is, is going up every mm-hmm. year. Absolutely. So. And I'm sure with, you know, artificial insemination and everything that, that there's a, you know, Higher rate of success, yeah. you know, fewer issues in birthing, fewer issues right. in can, survival. You can pick, you know, genomically or genomic testing mm-hmm. and stuff with with the cattle. You can pick for the, the, the lower birth weights and then the higher, you know, yearling weights and, and larger carcasses and, and tenderness. And, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, there's different breeds now where you can get, uh, you know, leaner meat, meat not so much lower in cholesterol. Just it's amazing that the way they target target certain markets absolutely you know? so do a lot of your customers that you service you know they, they utilize a lot of the genetic testing do you utilize the genetic testing yourself see we How don't does... we don't own any of the bulls so it's the mm-hmm. people bringing it so, yeah they do a lot of genomic testing and they do that even that they have the capability now to do that on embryos before the calf is even born mm-hmm. so you kind of know the genomic value of that of that heifer or bull before they're even before they're even born and then mm-hmm. some when the bulls are born and they have really high genomic numbers you know they just you know we can start collecting them when they're a year old now on the female side we can start doing ivf and vitro fertilization when they're eight months old oh wow so you can really turn those generations over quicker absolutely so, uh that's incredible there's an, yeah. and i'm sure the speed to gain um you know in terms of genetic Gain has has oh, really enhanced yeah, ever yeah, since that started. Right, yeah, and 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 we deal mostly in the beef thing, and the beef producers are probably behind the dairy. Produ- the dairy producers have been, you know, 
light years ahead of us as far as <laughs> numbers, you know. There's a, a lot of efficiency needs there. Exactly. Of, uh, Absolutely. Necessary. Absolutely. Now, Les, what, what would you say your biggest challenges are, you know, with uh, as a business and especially as, a, you know, being one of the few family businesses in your industry? Uh, right now, one of the biggest challenges is, uh, is the labor, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. keeping you know we have wonderful people uh obviously it's all family here in ashland but out at the mccook location uh people say how often do you go out there and and lauren and i always say not not as much as we probably should or or whatever but i tell people it's because they're so good and we trust them but you know and they do they do a great job but it's getting the people you know we've been we were trying to hire some this last year and it's tough and then you know I don't know. The businesses are growing and stuff, so that that's probably our main challenge is just mm-hmm. it's just finding good people. Exactly, finding good people. Yeah. Finding. I mean, it, there's there are a lot of job openings today, but not enough people to help right. fill those jobs. Yeah. And yeah. And, now what? Now for what would you say is yours and your? You know, finding good people is always a challenge. Yeah. You know, we we love the group of people we have today. You know, the, we always have openings that we could really find. You know, somebody for a certain geography or as. Uh, members of our team, you know, are looking to retirement. It takes us a while yeah, to find you right. know, people along those lines. You know, it's also, you know, it's a it's a cutthroat market for the seed mm, business, and yeah. uh, you know, you have the predominance of the market served by multinational companies, mm-hmm. uh, where the fam- independent family seed companies have, you know, they they ebb and flow over time, and so mm-hmm. you know, probably reached a, a, a nadir, a low point at uh, 2010 to 2012, and family seed companies are on the rise right now, so yeah. it's, it's been pretty good, but we anticipate we're going to see a, a period where family independent uh, family-owned seed companies represent a smaller part of the market, so making sure we're on the mm-hmm. right side of that yeah. is a, a real challenge for exactly. anybody in the business. Yeah. And that kind of goes, you know, like you look at the cattle fusers and stuff, too, you know, those you know, you see very few of the smaller family ones and stuff. It's they're getting eaten up by the by the larger, which is which is kind of sad to see, actually. Exactly. You know. Where do you think your opportunities are? Uh, probably with with this genomic testing. And right now, like our where we're really seeing growth is this beef on dairy, mm-hmm. where we're taking the beef semen and and breed in their AI in this dairy cows, so that when those calves are born, they have you know a higher quality product to mm-hmm. market. So that's that business has really, really grown. Uh, the export business has been pretty good. Absolutely. Now that beef on dairy, is that is that heterosis or, or hybrid vigor? You know, you're basically hybrid making a vigor, hybrid yeah. between two and different... You're, and you get, you know, a lot of them use, you know, uh, certified Angus beef. So you mm-hmm. get, you get uh, take an Angus, go to a Holstein or whatever. You get, you, you qualified for a certified Angus because you got the black hide. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. And when they go to market, that's just, you know, so and there's I think there's only like eighteen or nineteen million dairy cows in the United States, but that's mm-hmm. still they're really got a huge market to tap into. Oh, for sure. You know? I mean, there's a, a definitely a good possibility there, and if, you know, oh, especially yeah. where the carcass value goes up so well, much. Well, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. So you know, within the seed business, you know, there are a lot of opportunities for for us as Rob Seco yeah. right now and and going forward. You know, a big one is uh, you know there is a desire from farmers to buy from. A family-owned company, no, absolutely, and you know, just making sure we get have those right connections and the relationships with those farmers as well. And there are huge opportunities for you know new and improved products coming through in the portfolio. You know, as you said, genetic testing and has helped 
corn, soybeans, alfalfa, sorghum, uh, you know, basically every crop really uh, accelerating genetic gains. And so just making sure we have the right products for the right acre is the, the probably the greatest opportunity for uh, Rob Seco and other seed uh, businesses as well. That's awesome. What I have a question. What is your great, I mean, at the end of the day, when you're sitting down, what is your, I mean, what what really gets you fired up to go do it the next day? Yeah, you know, it, it, what gets me fired up is, is you know, the day-to-day work in the business is fun and exciting. There's always something new and challenging to address, but it's really that that competitive drive to differentially do so. You know, you, you know everybody's kind of set with the same base set of starting skills or same set of, of you know, available uh, uh, resources and things. And so how do you differentially apply those to the business to really find an advantage, find something or see something that nobody else sees or recognizes and really implement that? Yeah. How about you? What's your... Oh, exactly. And, my, and like I told somebody the other day, I said, I'm having more fun now than I ever have doing mm-hmm. this. And it's maybe it's because I've slowed down as, on, on the actual physical part of it and take more time to talk with the customers and meet with the customers. And then I get a great joy of seeing other people that we've trained and do this, you know, like my daughter doing this or my, or my brother's daughter coming into the business and just, it's a sense of pride to see that family build and then mm-hmm. expand and stuff. Uh, yeah. It's just a lot of fun, you know, right. and yeah, you're helping. If you sit back and think you're helping to feed, the world you're mm-hmm. you're supplying a product that's exceptional oh yeah so exactly now i i heard a question the other day that that uh that's kind of fun and, and really revealing for for people or businesses you know in, in terms of how you improve as a business and it's it's basically you know the question is you know if, if you're thinking about a musician that's you know practicing their scales over time. So every morning they get up and they practice their musical scales. And what is it that you do with your business and that would be practicing your scales to just hone and get better as a business? Oh, quality control. Mm-hmm. You know, making sure that the product, we're, I mean, just this last week we test out a, a new buffer that we use on the semen. And um, I always thought, boy, these, you know, if the wheel's not, you know, don't fix it if it's not, you know, not broke. But we had a new buffer come when we were, and we're helping test it for a company. And it's like, okay, this is maybe going to improve conception and, and other things. So uh, that, and just, uh, just really customer care, mm-hmm. you know, doing whatever we can do to help that customer have success, success. Mm-hmm. because without that, we don't have anything. Oh, absolutely. Know? Absolutely. You know what, when I look at, at our business, you know, what we've you know really been doing to practice our scales is, you know, looking at, you know, all of our systems and processes to make sure that, you know, you, you can get so wound up in, mm-hmm. in something that's just way more manual than it needs to be. Yes. So helping to improve that efficiency to allow you then to address a specific customer's need as mm-hmm. a custom, you know, a, a custom solution for that customer, right. just freeing up the time. And that's, those would be the scales we practice. Yeah. And that's what I just had that the same discussion with some of the, the folks, uh, my folks out at MBS, just, okay, what, what do you see yourself doing? How can we, Maybe take, because right now they're kind of spread out. I said, let's narrow down your focus and just really, really try to be really great at this, you know, mm-hmm. one particular or two particular things. Exactly. So. Exactly. 
So we're probably coming up pretty close on time. And so, you know, if, if you, you, know, you as less, you know, talking to the Rob Seco audience or me as Jim talking to mm-hmm. the Vogler cattle audience, yeah. uh, you know, what's one thing you'd like to say about your business that you'd want everybody to know if you just had one opportunity? Oh, I just want everybody to know that we really care about the customers and, and we're going to strive to give you the best, highest quality, you know, semen and take care of your bulls or, or your females, the best, the best to our ability and uh we want to ensure everybody 100 you know just to have great success so excellent how about how about with you yeah i mean you know i think my message should be that you know while technology is certainly table stakes within the industry so whether that's germplasm traits or the ability to serve our customers digitally you know it's really the relationships in the business and the simplicity of doing business together that we we strive to to serve with our customers mm-hmm. yeah. yeah well hey jim Thanks so much. I mean, this is a great opportunity uh, to sit down and talk with somebody well respected in the in the seed business and been been in the business. For, I mean, when did your when did they start? Eighteen eighty eight. Eighteen eighty eight. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that is that has to be all like almost a record. It's a it's it's up there with the the families in the in the business. There are a couple of others that are close to that, that time period. Awesome. <laughs> and Les, thank you so much oh, as well. Yeah. This has been a lot of fun. You bet. You mm-hmm. bet. Excellent. Well, we definitely appreciate the insights from Les and his team and uh, really enjoyed that conversation. It was a lot of fun. As always, be sure to tune in on the 1st and 15th of each month for new episodes. And until then, stay field ready. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast. Join us next time to be field ready. A Huda Media Production.